You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Packs What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. I can't even imagine what this front would look like with Chase Young. I know. Like the fact that he's not their, their literal best player. It's just, like, insane to me. It's scary. Um... Yeah, I mean, that's the key, right, is if you can keep Rodgers protected. And I think not just what we're, we're talking a lot about, like, pass blocking, but, like, you're going to have to be able to run block well against this front, too. Um, and we know that we want this offense to run through the running backs. We mm-hmm. want Aaron Jones to get more than, like, 12 touches a game. But we have to make sure that the run game is effective, which means the offensive line is going to have to pass block well and run block well. But I totally agree that, if they're able to keep these pass rushers at bay, this secondary is maybe, I think, more of the weakness on this commander's defensive side. So as long as the guys on the Packers offense can run their routes properly, um, not get held up, not make any mistakes, um, Rodgers, I think, should be able to get them the ball pretty effectively. I wanted your thoughts on this just because I think it's really interesting. So Knowing where we're at, obviously going into week seven, if I would have told you that Aaron Jones will have 532 yards from scrimmage total and two touchdowns on the season, what would your thoughts have been on that through six games? Not enough. The yardage, maybe, right? 532 yards through seven games is it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. And we know that they rotate with A.J. Dillon, but two touchdowns is absolutely not enough touchdowns for Aaron Jones, um, especially as someone we know who can get fi- – he finds the end zone, right? He just has a nose for the end zone. So I think that probably speaks more to Packers' difficulties in the red zone this season and also just their ability for this offense to get to the red zone this season. But um, – they're just going to have to find a way to get him the ball when they're down there more. Yeah, I did think the 
the attempts differential was really interesting. I didn't realize that AJ Dillon actually led the team with 73 rushing attempts and Aaron Jones had 70. And I guess you could argue that, you know, Aaron Jones has three more receptions than AJ Dillon, but they're really split like 87, 86 for touches for those two. So it seems like the Packers want them to be the focal point of the offense. They clearly touch the ball more than anybody else yet. We're not seeing the production there. So I, yeah, I'm hoping that's something that we can see, you know, whether it's just some creative play calling, some blocking up front. I think they'll answer some of these questions on Sunday. At least, you know, that would be the the hope going into yeah. week seven. Yeah, Dan Orlovsky did a really interesting breakdown of some of the issues with the Packers. I don't know if you watched that video on Twitter, but um, and he basically broke down that with some minor, not minor, because it led to big issues, but basically one guy here or there on a play missing their block completely derailed Mm -hmm. the entire play, right? So it's everybody not doing their 111th. One person doesn't do their 111th. And there were so many opportunities. He had three examples where Rodgers could have either hit one of his receivers on a big play or there were two that he went through that where it would have been Aaron Jones with like open field. So the opportunities are there. Um, and we've been saying this all season, like they're just like one or two things away from being able to like break this offense open. And I think more importantly, like break Aaron Jones open. Uh, they really just need to get their blocking down. That's it. Yeah. And I think that's why like, I understand that there's this desire to hit the panic button because we're not used to a Matt LaFleur-led Packers team having three losses in October, right? Like that's not something that normally happens for this team until late November, early December when we're talking about 13 win football teams every year. Like it's it's weird for them to be sitting at 500 at three and three, but I still can't find it in myself. And, you know, I guess check back on Monday to see uh, if this changes depending, but I'm having a really hard time panicking about this team. And I still think that they're a playoff contender. I think that they can be because I guess I see the foundation and I think that there's room to build and grow off that. And maybe that's me being, you know, too optimistic about this, but it's like you said, there's just opportunities where you see flashes and yes, you want things to be more consistent six weeks into the season going into your seventh week, but it's a lot of little tweaks. I don't really see anything. I mean, the offensive line is the biggest issue to me, but I think if they can make the right adjustments, which I'm going to talk, I want to talk to you about with the defense and the, the adjustments that we saw against the Jets. They're in a good position to build off a lot of these things. And I think the foundation is there. They just need to start putting some things together. That's why I don't think that just going out and getting another receiver is going to like magically fix this offense because it's really, it's execution. You know, like if they had Chase Claypool out there on Sunday against the Jets, Nothing about that, the outcome of that game changes in my mind because, like, unless Chase Claypool is going to be out there, like, chip blocking Quinn and Williams, which he wouldn't be. Right. So (laughs) I, I don't, while I'm not like all out on the Packers going out and getting another weapon because hell, stack that room however you see fit. The woes so far have been like miscues on the line. And I think those, if I'm going to choose all of the issues that the Packers could have right now, like that's one that I find very fixable from an internal perspective. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. See, that's really interesting because I agree. Like, I mean, I said last week on the show, like, F it, go get obj do your thing at this point like if that's what you think part of the issue is on offense for the front office then make the adjustments but to me there's a part of me that wonders if the move we see before the trade deadline is to bring in a right tackle yeah and i think maybe you know i think match nideman was the one that said it on twitter but maybe these are all things that are happening in the building but if the packers wanted yash nideman to play right tackle i think we would see it by now or maybe they're getting him ready to start that but if Yash is playing right tackle, you've got Elton in a pinch, but then your depth is kind of thin. And I think the Packers like having Yash as a security blanket at left tackle, knowing that Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari is still, you know, we think he's he's back, but should anything crop up? So in that same vein of like Jared Valdir, you know, Dennis Kelly, yeah, maybe that's the move they make. Maybe they go get a vet and to lock down the right side. Yeah, I mean... I get the idea of like just move guys around, but like you can't just switch from left tackle to right tackle. It's like, hard. It's fully possible that Yash is simply just a left tackle, and that is perfectly okay, right? He is a has proven to be a pretty solid left tackle, and I don't think he should like it shouldn't be a negative on him. They can't just simply switch over to right tackle. It's really, really, really hard. Um, it's the same thing with people saying, oh, we'll move John Runyon to right guard. Well, can John Runyon Jr. play right guard? Like, can he just switch everything you do? It's like becoming a, if you're a righty, like trying to let right with your left hand, you know, like not everyone can do that. So I totally agree with you that the move that they make at the trade deadline may be an offensive lineman and it may not be flashy and it may not be exciting, but I think it would be probably the piece at this point that would help this team the most. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, like Yash had said it when they interviewed him in his locker earlier this week. It's not just like the way that you pivot in your stance or the way that you're protecting with your hands, but think about like the blocking scheme. And all of a sudden, instead of running to your right, you're running to your left. Like you have to mentally flip everything that's happening when mm-hmm. the play is called if you go from left to right. And I think that's kind of the piece that some of us miss when we say, like, oh, well, just put this guy here, just put this guy here. And that's why when you find a guy like Lucas Patrick, who played, you know, three spots on the interior when you had Elton Jenkins who could fill in anywhere in a pinch and you know he's done a decent job at right tackle but I think his best fit is along the interior and that's not a knock against him it it shows you know his ability to play anywhere but yeah I think that's that's going to be the move that's my that's me calling the shot that I think they bring in someone to play right tackle I think that's a very Packers move so I agree (laughs) with you and it's OBJ they bring in OBJ to play right tackle Great. (laughs) That'll go really, really well. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 